Hello and welcome to There's No Business Like, a podcast where friends and industry colleagues explore topics and interview leaders in our industry of professional theatrical touring. Hey there, it's Josh Benson with There's No Business Like. Today, what we have is part two of our Live from the Booth at Max. A couple of weeks ago at the Midwest Arts Expo, we had a booth and we were interviewing people live in the booth, which you can hear in the background. We're in the middle of the expo hall. There's an energy and there's a life around us. And we're interviewing people who just stop by and we get to hear little snippets. And so this is a compilation episode of those short interviews from the booth. In addition to the people that are being interviewed, you'll also hear the voices of our five hosts, myself, Brian Zelmer, Daniel Van Hook, Katie Miller, and Kevin Maynard. Stay tuned, because we'll be back to regular programming. Look forward to seeing you then. Mary Ann Chris from the Midland Theater in Newark, Ohio. I am the new executive director of the Midland Theater. We are a small 1,200-seat uh, theater, and we, are, we belong to the community. We do all kind of arts programming, and our mission is to provide arts entertainment opportunities to all of our members in our community. Wonderful. So, wait, you said new. How long have you been on the job? I am a week into the executive director position. Wow, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's wonderful. So then tell me, why the arts? Why do you do what you do? It provides um, happiness. I always tell people I'm in the happiness business. Nobody accidentally comes to our theater. And there is so much yuck and junk out there that we have an opportunity and a privilege to give them two to three hours of a utopia to take them away from anything in the world that is not bringing them happiness. I love that. I've never heard it phrased like that before, and I really love that. Thank you. So why conferences, and what is one of your favorite conference memories? I'm a people person. My husband tells me I could talk to a doorknob. So give me a room of, I don't have 500 vendors and this is you know Disneyland for me. But getting to meet people who are in our industry, who have um, you know like causes, like missions, and all of the different opportunities that we can bring together to bring to our community and make our community a better place. So what's the best piece of business advice that you can offer to colleagues new to the field? Collaboration. Use um, your references, use your resources, your community members, um, people in the industry. Collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. (laughs) That is the name of the game, isn't it? Absolutely. Okay. So what is your hope for the future of our industry? What changes would you like to see in the next five to ten years? Our theater is 95 years old, and it's a beautiful, historic theater in downtown in our county seat. And I think sometimes people think that the theater and the arts are for the elite, and for the fancy, we try to break that stigma and try to tell people it is for everybody. Come as you are. You know, I believe that um, sometimes on the religious, you know, some of the churches have bought into that and they believe that they can come as they are. And I hope that for the arts as well. You can come in a cowboy hat and pair of jeans. You can come in a dress, a fur coat. We don't care. We want you to come and enjoy the entire experience in any way that you can enjoy it. Yes. What is your favorite stage mishap that you have witnessed or been a part of? Oh, favorite or scary? We had <laughs> we had an artist a few years ago that, um, again, we're grandfathered in. The building is 95 years old. We do have an elevator. We like to use it just for equipment. But we did have somebody that got stuck in the uh, <clears throat> the elevator, and we had to postpone the show. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So that was that was not as magical um, as 
you know, the rest of the show was, but uh, it all ended well and everybody was fine. (laughs) Good. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us here on There's No Business Like. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Hi, my name is Carrie Rayburn. I'm from Seattle, Washington, and I run the band Good Company. Um, I'm a band leader. Uh, I have a, a six-piece uh, electro swing band. Uh, electro swing is kind of the 20s and 30s meets electronica. It's a big old dance party. Um, when I'm not doing that, uh, I do some booking myself in Seattle, uh, private event booking. And then I, I'm a trumpet player. That's my primary thing. So um, I've done everything from salsa to uh, burlesque shows and not burlesque personally myself, but playing <laughs> the trumpet for them. Sure, sure. Thanks. Why the arts? Why why do you do what you do? Oh, man, um, because it really beats honest work. <laughs> why conferences? And do you have a favorite conference experience? Yeah, so I um, started off going to conferences Arts Northwest, which is the regional conference where I'm from. Um, and I was in a band that was showcasing at it, and I got to know um, what this whole world was about. I was super... Um, uh, introverted at that time, and uh, I had a band leader that kind of forced me to go, you know, we're not, you, if you talk to me the whole time, we're not getting any bookings. Go meet some people, go chat. So um, over the years, I've really learned to, to love uh, meeting people, and I, I kind of realize that it's a great community to be a part of. Wonderful. What's the best piece of business advice you can offer a colleague that's new to the field? Yeah, I actually teach a course on the Performing Arts Center market um, through Aries Tech University, or Aries Tech Academy, sorry, that's the name of it. We have a whole course about how to get into this world because it's so, uh, it's it's very unique and it's not necessarily the most um, intuitive uh, thing to do. So the number one piece of advice I would say was, was get a mentor, meet people, mm-hmm. uh, talk to them um, before you spend any money. Absolutely, that's great advice. Um, what is your hope for the future? Is there anything you'd like to see changed in the next five to ten years? Audiences um, turning off Netflix and really making it easier for, for presenters to to come back. I think there's been a little change. And so actually, now that I think about that, on that, uh, on that note, me and Jacob Deaton are really passionate about um, advertising and reaching audiences in new ways that uh, I, I would love for presenters to kind of embrace that. And actually, Jacob and I have both got given um, workshops on how to use Facebook marketing and different social media marketing. So I hope there's a little bit of a revolution in the presenting arena, and I hope there's an embrace by agents and uh, performers to work together to uh, reach these audiences that have been become a little less accessible than they were before. What is your favorite stage mishap that you've witnessed or been a part of? When um, our band was first starting out, we had a really old laptop. We used Ableton, mm-hmm. and we would take forever to load between songs. <laughs> there was a time that um, you know we, the entire laptop shut down. So what do Ooh. we do? We we tell jokes, mm-hmm. and our favorite joke that we used uh, actually came from my wife, who was the uh, lead singer at the time. And uh, it's two whales are sitting at a bar. One whale turns the other and goes. goes on right <laughs> the other whale turns to him and says go home steve you're drunk <laughs> i think i don't know if i've i've witnessed that but i, I have heard that one that's great so that's really where you know people can really distinguish themselves when those mishaps happen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like are you going to fall apart are you going to roll with the punches exactly yeah well thanks for joining us carrie appreciate it yeah thanks for having yeah. me 
David Mitchell from the Kent State Performing Arts Center, uh, Kent State Tuscarora in New Philadelphia, Ohio. Uh, so professionally uh, at the Performing Arts Center, we're 1100-seat perform- uh, PAC, and I do booking, marketing, education, sponsorship, grants, oversee the staff, community engagement. It's a lot of hats, David. <laughs> it is a lot of hats. We're a small operation. There's, yeah. there's only four, four of us full time. Uh, so yeah. Excellent. Um, so why the arts? Like why did why do you do what you do? I kind of grew up around the arts, but then as I graduated high school and was looking for that, you know, what are you going to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad told me that you are good at math, so you, you should be an engineer. So I went to school to be an engineer. Hated it. Couldn't uh-huh. stand it. Uh, switched to business, uh, and that's kind of where my mind is. Uh, but the thought of working at a bank or selling life insurance, very valid professions, mm-hmm. uh, just couldn't do it, but always surrounded myself in the arts. I always say that I sell fun Yeah, is what we do. So why conferences? And two-parter, so why conferences, and what is your favorite conference moment? It doesn't have to be from this year, it can be from any conference you've attended. I am the the president of the Ohio Arts Professionals Network. Oh, excellent. uh, The board president. So I've always said that with conferences, uh, it's it's a great way to meet people in person, find friends, make friends, Mm -hmm. so that networking component, and then figuring out how you can work with your friends. That makes business more fun. Oh, yeah. For sure. And we're in the business of fun. Yeah. So um, what's your favorite conference moment or conference memory? I honestly don't know if I can come up with a single moment. And it's okay if you can. Um, Just because, you know, at the end of the day, all the moments blur together. (laughs) And you look back at conference and and, uh, uh, just the entire atmosphere, it's amazing. So so I I don't know if I can think of, of one particular moment. That yeah. really sticks out. That's all good. Um, what is the best piece of advice you can offer to colleagues new to the field? Ask questions mm. of everybody. Meet everybody. Uh, because at the end of the day, the arts industry, it's, it's smaller than you think. Uh, and you don't know when you're going to run into somebody again. Um, could be decades after you first crossed paths. Um, so make those friend, friendships, make those relationships, uh, and just ask questions uh, because we were all in that spot once. Uh, and any piece of advice that you can give somebody, it's just, uh, I, I think that's one thing that our industry does very well is share knowledge. Um, so what is your hope for the future of our industry? Like what changes would you like to see in the next five to 10 years? I mean, I think at the end of the day, what we're all trying to do is just just elevate the profile of the arts within all of our uh, respective communities mm-hmm. and further acceptance of the arts within all of our communities. Uh, and, you know, if, if little pockets of, of geography can uh, find that magic formula to, you know, share the knowledge uh, and just elevate the profile of the arts uh, uh, across the country. What is your favorite stage mishap that you witnessed or have been a part of? In a previous life, I worked for Broadway Across America for 15 years uh, with touring Broadway shows. And one moment that really sticks out is Anne Margaret in the touring Broadway production of The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was actually here in Indianapolis um, (laughs) that she broke her wrist, so was doing the show in a cast, apparently on some heavy painkillers. And so I was walking backstage to settle with the uh, company manager, and it was right about intermission. 
and just got happened to be stuck behind her and somebody was helping her off stage because she was obviously stumbling and uh, just going listen to my silly voice and you know the the ensemble member was absolutely just yeah sure this yep. is great yep. um, but you know just being in that moment to realize wow um, this is Anne Margaret in probably the not most flattering light and, and I'm a fly on the wall to, oh, wow. to get yeah, to see it to see some, yeah. so it, you know it wasn't a mishap on stage um, you know she was able she was a true professional was able to do the show um, but just being able to to see that See moments that yeah. backstage has um, always stuck out in my yeah. head. Excellent. Well, David, thank you for oh, sitting absolutely. down. Kirsten Barando, marketing manager at the Rose, Rose Center for the Performing Arts in Houghton, Michigan. I am I'm the marketing manager at the Rose. I do marketing for a series of like touring shows as well as uh, 10 yeah, 10 orchestras and uh, theater groups, that sort of thing, at Michigan Technological University. Excellent. Okay, so why the arts? Why do you do what you do? I didn't know that my job existed until I was 26 years old, which is, like, a huge part of why what you do is really important, right? And all of the advocacy groups that are, that are doing work out in our industry are really important. Um, so I had done work in nonprofit work. I was really passionate about singing. I loved, I loved opera and Broadway. And then I like developed marketing skills. Like it was a, a thing that I had done because if I was gonna sing, I needed to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. If I was going to, you know, if I, like working in nonprofit spaces, being able to market was kind of important. So I developed these skills. And then at, at age 26, I'm working, I was actually at that point working in radio and television advertising. And I just like looked and I went, ah, if only there was something that would combine these three <laughs> things. And, you know, everybody in my world was like, so when you're in a show, how do you think people are finding out about that show? Like, how do you think that's happening? And I went, oh, yeah. And I moved to the Twin Cities. I contacted Mary to help me get it and help mm -hmm. me figure out how to get into the industry. Mary Jennings is now my supervisor at the Rose Center for the Performing Arts. But it was just a venue that I knew and a person that I knew at that mm -hmm. time. And she helped me figure out how to get started. And uh, I'm just like so excited to be part of this industry now. It's incredible. It's wonderful. It is incredible and wonderful. And we're yeah. so glad to have you. Oh, thank so, you. So uh, side note, listeners, Kirsten is the vice president of the Michigan Presenters Network, our statewide consortium in Michigan. And I'm very happy to have her on the team. So why conferences and what is your favorite conference moment? This is actually my first conference in our industry. I've been to like radio ones and different, different things, but I've never been to one in our industry before. Even though I've been to conferences in other industries, this is the first one I've been to where I like knew anybody. <laughs> and so as I'm wandering, I'm like, oh, hi, to like all of these people that I know which is really really exciting and then I can also ask questions to go like hey what you know like what people should I be talking to what what of when they're doing showcases and we get to see all of the artists that are that are coming up that we have the opportunity to book that are that are doing their showcases getting to do all of those things and getting to have input and guidance from other people in our industry is just really magical for me so what is the best piece of business advice you can offer to colleagues new to the field as you're looking at like what jobs you're gonna like think about it doesn't have to be the job that's going to do that. It has to be the job that's going to help you develop the skills that you have and need to grow or that you really need to develop so that you can do the thing that you think is most important. What is your hope for the future of our industry? What changes would you like to see in the next five to ten years? I am really 
passionate about uh, access. And look, our industry has a history, right? I come from, like, I love opera, right? Like, that's that's kind of, like, how I came up in our industry. Um, I am not an opera singer now. I am not. But, like, that, that that's kind of my, my uh, point of entry. And for me and for much of our industry, there is a feeling that to be a person that goes to, you know, to the theater, you have to be, like, a certain kind of person or, like, a thing that I hear is like the idea of like being somebody with, you know, gray hair and pearls getting dropped off by the driver. I don't think people literally think that's what's happening, but they do. There is like a feeling that, that yeah. that's who this is for. And I think that like there are some practices that we're doing that perpetuate that. And so I really want to see us figuring out how are we breaking down a variety of various price barriers so that it is actually accessible to a lot of people. How are we breaking down like any num any like various stigma? How are we making sure that the program the programming that we're doing is for the people in our communities mm-hmm. that it actually represents the human beings that are here that that live in our in our communities. What is your favorite stage mishap that you have witnessed or been a part of? What I am thinking about is a time I was in uh, Pirates of Penzance, and there's like a moment where we all like paused at the end of a end of a piece. It was all of the daughters and the, just everybody's kind of like posed all together. And I got a I was like kneel like like sort of like crouch kneeling, and I got a horrible cramp in one of my legs. <laughs> Oh no. And so like and so like once it's you know it's it's done, everybody finishes clapping, you're supposed to like get up and prance off beautifully. And my legs just cramped and so I'm trying really, really hard to push up and like can't and I'm like try like trying to reach around and figure out what to do and somebody was just like ha 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 and like grabbed my arm and like hoisted me up. <laughs> and it was it was pretty goofy. I don't think it was subtle from the audience. It was nice. Good. Well, at least you didn't, like, topple over. I didn't topple over. I stayed on the stage. There was no, like, falling into the pit. That was good. That's that's always a win. Safety first. Yeah, yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, Kirsten, thank you so much for joining us on There's No Business Like. It was so great to have you. It was great being here, Katie. Thank you so much. I am Jared Dimovic. I'm the Vice President of Programming and Engagement at the Marcus Performing Arts Center in Milwaukee. I'm in the the good and fortunate position to say yes uh, as a as a job title. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun when you get to uh, book the things that uh, you know are going to have a change in your community. They're going to impact people and make uh, make people happy. Uh, but I you know the the you said short, but uh, my responsibility is what everybody else has to do. What, what everybody else does with their disposable income at the end of the day. They go to their job, and then they choose to do what I get to do for a living every day. That's awesome. Why the arts? Why do you do exactly what you do? Which, I mean, mm. you already kind mm. of alluded to, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, a long time ago, I broke my arm in high school football and had to do something else with my afternoon. And I chickened out of a, uh, an audition for uh, West Side Story which is my favorite musical. I, I walked up to the director and said, listen, I can't, I can't audition, I'm not. I, I, but if you saw fit to give me like a spear carrier role, I, I'd be happy to accept it as a, you know, a person who would be here to show up and volunteer for that situation. And she gave me a speaking role and it was, uh, I was, it was all over from there. I'd always been in, uh, in and around 
you know, performing arts and uh, dabbled in, in other artistic activities as well. But uh, for, for the, as I dig back into my memory, it's, uh, I've always kind of wanted to put on a show somehow. Uh, yeah. It, even even in the, the the situations where that wasn't the overt purpose, it's always been about uh, putting on a show. Why conferences, and what is your favorite conference moment? Oh my gosh, uh, I think my favorite conference moment was meeting Josh Benson uh, in Grand Rapids at uh, uh, the Midwest Arts uh, Midwest Arts Conference, which was the Midwest Arts Conference M MAC back in the day. There was a serendipitous moment where troublemakers found one another and uh, proceeded to persuade everybody else to make poor choices for a long time. Yeah, a decade running so far. That's right, that's right. But why conferences? I mean, there's, there's no two ways about it. What we do is live. That is the nature of it. And if we uh, weren't able to commune live, uh, if this had to be Zoom forever, I think that most of us would, would walk away from it uh, because it's about the personal interaction, it's about the, uh, the community, it's about seeing everybody's uh, collective um, emotional response to the act on stage or uh, the joke that was told in the party or whatever it is. I mean, that's, that's a lot of what drives us, I think. I mean, I spend, I spend actually a fair amount of my time in the theater watching everybody else watch the show that, mm -hmm. that is going on uh, because that's just, that, that is what does it for me just as much as the, the amazing talent that we get to present. Yeah. What is the best piece of business advice that you can offer to colleagues in the field? Flexibility is something that uh, will serve you very well. Uh, because realistically, like what 90% of this job is just expectation management all day, all day long, and and that goes for yourself too. I mean, mm -hmm. if you can manage your own expectations about what the what we're going for, what we're gonna get, what uh, you know, what show is gonna play off, what show is gonna get booked, uh, how many tickets you're gonna sell, how people respond to it. I mean, all of those things are are out of, uh, largely out of your control, and uh, so I think that. Being able to roll with the punches, being able to celebrate successes, and that's another reason why we gather together at conferences is to celebrate successes, but also to commiserate and uh, and and. Uh, so I I think that my advice is be flexible, take advantage of those opportunities to celebrate and also to um, to commune and commiserate as well. What's your hope for the future of our industry, and what changes would you like to see in the next five to ten years? Mm, I think that some of the things that continue to be to put us into, into positions of consternation with one another center around the greed and the wanting to be first or only or have some sort of exclusivity. We all, we're all human and we all have those instincts. The, the corporate side of what's going on here is we all, we're all jealous of the bigger show and the more, the higher ticket sales and all of that. And so if I could, if I could wave a magic wand and change something, it would be, you know, somewhere in, in that realm of taking the commercial aspect of it and, and flipping it on its head. Like, I love a spreadsheet. I love a budget. I love to put that, that, that puzzle together. Uh, but when, and, and this goes back to the expectation management side of it as well. But if I, if I were to 
uh, rely solely upon the numbers and uh, operate in that territory, I would just be crazy all the time and angry about things that are, again, out of my control. So I think recognition of that and recognition that the humanity is what we're bringing to it, the humanity is what we're bringing to the stage, what we're bringing to the community. I think if we can focus a little bit more on that, those elements of it, uh, because we talk about, um, you know, this impacts the, the, the artists, this impacts the, the uh, teams that are bringing the artists. Everybody uh, talks about being exhausted, but they want to put on the next show. Those structural elements that, that sort of force our hand into doing another show and putting on, you know, selling one more ticket and that sort of thing. Sure, it drives innovation. It drives. It motivates us to do better. It's also a double-edged sword, and it uh, it can it can cut the other direction as well. And I think we need to learn as an industry how to uh, how to slow down sometimes and how to appreciate what we do have. What is your favorite on-stage disaster that you've either witnessed or been a part of? Oh my gosh, this is so. This is this is serendipitous because it took place here in Indianapolis. I worked at Clues Hall on Butler campus, so it's now uh, the Butler Arts Center. We had uh, a giant fundraiser and a, a, a significant uh, dignitary's wife was making a, a, a speech and she may have been having some things to drink. And there was, at the same time that she was, uh, was uh, speechifying, there was a, a slow reveal of a piano coming up on the, from the pit. The pit was loaded from the basement with a, piano, a pianist and a piano, and it was making a slow reveal. Uh, she made a comment like, I'm just gonna step out of the, the limelight for just a second so that we can more uh, adequately appreciate something that she was applauding at the time. And she was still applauding. She stepped to the right of the podium and disappeared and the audience thought, wow, that was a neat trick. But then very slowly, her crumpled body was like raised up on this, this uh, pit that was being uh, raised to reveal the piano. And I turned to my boss and she said, get a sheet. And so I ran, I ran outside. There was a, there were all these bars set up and all these uh, cocktail tables, and I, you know, Houdini'd this uh, tablecloth off of a high boy and ran to the front of the stage. And so it's like uh, myself holding this sheet in front of her body between myself and the audience. Uh, you know, it's my butt on the cameras, which we're also broadcasting for, you know, because she's a, a you know, a person of import and all this stuff. So that that's probably the one wow. that... <laughs> Thank you, Jared. Thank you. Hi, I'm Spring Carlo. I'm a co-director of Holden and Arts Associates, and we are based out of Austin, Texas. I am a booking agent. Our agency specializes in performances for youth and family audiences, everything from large-scale musical versions of Cat in the Hat to tiny Danish puppets. Awesome. Why the arts? Why do you do what you do? Uh, my background is in the arts. I feel like the arts helped shape me as a human being and gave me a broader world perspective than the small town that I was raised in. And I knew I didn't want to be an actor on stage, but I knew I wanted to be involved somehow. Why conference? And do you have a favorite conference moment? I love conferences. Uh, as agents, we work very isolated on the phone, behind email all the time. You know, since the pandemic, I don't even go into an office anymore. So having the ability to meet 
people face to face and to have that kinesthetic kind of um, improvisational <laughs> exchanges rather than just the agenda that we're having the meeting for uh, mm-hmm. is really, really awesome. I agree. What's the best piece of business advice you can offer a new colleague in the field? My mentor, Larry Coffson, uh, who I was assigned as my very first new colleague interaction, uh, told me once that this is a business all about relationships, but you can't take it personally. Mm-hmm. And that's come in handy. Very wise. What is your hope for the future? And is there anything you'd like to see change in the next five to 10 years? I think especially coming out of the pandemic, you know, a lot of people are feeling really conservative around risk and around original programming. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, everyone's trying to bring back ticket buyers and patrons and by programming things that they feel will be more familiar. But what I would really love to see is to people get more adventurous, you know, and start taking those risks again. Do you have a favorite stage mishap that you've either witnessed or been a part of? I mean, the best stage, haps are, are, stage mishaps are the one that the audience never finds out about, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Whether it's like someone completely ghosting on their line or someone completely right. being off stage and then someone else saving the show. Um, I, I don't have anyone specific in mind. It's I guess okay. one thing that did happen for us during the pandemic was that we had a two-person show and both the production manager and the crew and one of the performers both got COVID. Oh, and no. somehow the artistic director happened to be in town at the right time and was able to rework the show to be a one-person show. Wow. Because in a two-person show, you just know all the lines anyways, mm-hmm. right? So um, in that case, I think that was the most uh, creative wow. situation. And the audience had no clue. That's awesome. Spring, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Anytime. Jackie Banks-Malum, Program Director at the Illinois Arts Council Agency. Uh, So I oversee certain disciplines with the Illinois Arts Council Agency and other grant programs to provide funding for arts throughout the state of Illinois. And Jackie, why the arts? Why do you do what you do? Because the arts are critical to our state and our communities. They're an economic driver. They are uh, the source of community and the heart of our state. Yes, thank you. So why conferences? They're such a great place to connect, um, to meet colleagues uh, from around the country, and um, to become closer with um, your local colleagues as well and learn more about what they do. Excellent. And do you have a favorite conference moment? Uh, I think my first uh, peek at the showcase last night. So far, yeah. Excellent. Well, good. Um, What's the best piece of business advice you can offer to colleagues new to the field? I, I think just don't be afraid to, to reach out and have conversations, um, you know, with fellow colleagues and with, you know, with funder opportunities as well. At the, um, they had a, for this conference, they had a new orientation yesterday mm-hmm. I intended, and uh, I felt like one of the fellow conference goers said, this is about making new friends. And that seemed like a really good piece of advice for me to take forward, too. Yeah, that's a great motto. Um, what is your hope for the future of our industry? Like, what changes would you like to see in the next five to ten years? For the agency, I would love to see us have more funds to distribute around the mm. state of Illinois. Um, and I'd really love to see the arts sector as a whole collaborate more and um, continue to lift each other up. Yes, snaps all around. What is your favorite stage mishap that you have witnessed or been a part of? Oh, my background is stage management. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Um, And I was um, stage managing a piece for the Peoria Ballet. And we had a horse. We were doing um, Don Quixote, a moment of it. Um, 
and rehearsal went great and we didn't think about the fact that we changed where the fog machine was prior to performance so the horse would not exit the stage oh my god and so we couldn't move any of our flies and we just had a horse on stage for a while and uh the dancers were awesome and they just kept going dancing around a horse till we could clear the fog away to get it off stage all right well jackie thank you for uh stopping in and uh sitting down with me love it Ann Grove, UMS, Ann Arbor, Michigan. I am mom to all the artists that we bring in at UMS, so I get to take care of their housing and their transportation, their food, if they need medical care while they're in town, and uh, yeah. Okay, so why the arts? Why do you do what you do? I started as a voice performance major and realized that I like being behind the scenes a lot better than being in front Mm -hmm. and still wanted to be intimately involved with the product, not really interested so much in being like an upper management manager. And so being in company management, tour management, artist services seemed to fit the bill. Wonderful. So why conferences and what is your favorite conference memory? Conferences for me is about making the relationships and maintaining the relationships, growing them because Our business is all about the relationships, and um, I might have an artist that I want to book, and I can't book them this season, but that doesn't mean that we can't keep talking and find the right time, the right fit. And when you have those relationships with the agents and the managers, then, you know, you can have those delayed um, bookings, and Mm -hmm. you can work towards getting someone there rather than just having to say, no. Right. You say, no, it's not this season, but in a future season. Yeah, absolutely. And do you have a favorite conference memory? Old Arts Midwest, many, many years ago, and I won a whole bunch of CDs from all of the the different agencies. It was one of those raffle things. It was kind of crazy. That's amazing. I love that. Okay. So what is the best piece of business advice you can offer to colleagues new to the field? Talk to everyone. Um, and again, it's, it's not about the sell. It's about building the relationship. Okay. What is your hope for the future of our industry? What changes would you like to see in the next five to 10 years? To continue growing the diversity of the artists um, so that it's easier for emerging artists to be booked, um, to find representation, to get known. Um, also growing the administrative talent um, because um, we're all aging and um, (laughs) many of us have been doing this for a long time and we want to grow um, the up-and-coming members of our our organization. What is your favorite stage mishap that you have witnessed or been a part of? We had an artist that showed up two and a half hours late to a performance. Oh no! landed um, in Detroit and went to the casino rather than coming to the venue oh, first. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. That, that is a story. <laughs> it was a lot of vamping on stage and trying to keep the audience engaged while we waited for the artist. Okay. Wow. Wow. Um, I really hope that never happens to me at any point <laughs> in my career. Um, but if it does, I'll be calling you for advice. <laughs> Well, Anne, thank you so much for stopping by. I'm just, I adore you so much. I'm so glad to have you with us today. Thank you for this opportunity. It's great to talk with you. Hi, 
Hi, my name is Robert Baird and I'm actually from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. My organization is called BAM, Baird Artist Management Consulting. I am a consulting uh, person who brings in foreign artists from around the world into North America, into Canada and the United States. I do visas and waivers and I do taxation for foreign artists who don't know exactly what's involved in coming to North America. Wow. Why the arts? Why do you do what you do? Um, because from a young age I was an artist myself and uh, I became a uh, choral conductor and I conducted musical theatre around the world, uh, conducted Phantom of the Opera uh, for Lloyd Webber in Hamburg for over a year. And uh, when I came back to Canada I became an agent, so I had an agency in Toronto for many years and so I've always been in the arts and it's been part of one of my passions. Why conferences and what's one of your favourite conference moments? Um, I like conferences because it brings together artists and presenters and uh, everybody who's um, intelligent thinking about the arts and uh, I think it's a segment of our society that really needs to be encouraged and uh, my favorite conference activity is meeting people and talking to them and actually helping out people whoever I can uh, to advise them from my years of experience as being a manager, an artist and a consultant. What's the best piece of business advice you can offer to new colleagues? Try to think like the other person because if you're only focused on yourself then I think that leaves out the other person and you can't understand them and especially in our business where it's artist and presenter. What does the presenter need? You know, so you have to understand them to make that connection. So I think that's my best piece of advice. That's great. What is your hope for the future of our industry and what changes would you like to see in the next five to ten years? Okay, so our industry always says, it pays lip service to the fact that we're all in this together, but in fact we are not all in this together and I'd like to see more of that. I'd like to see more cooperation. I, I'm not sure how it can be achieved, but I certainly think it's possible and I think that more young people coming in will perhaps be able to change the industry a little bit because, you know, everything gets set in its ways. And so we need some innovation. And um, I'm hoping that in the next five years I see conferences where that is more exemplified in our world so that, you know, artists and presenters are getting along a lot better than they do now because it's a little bit, uh, you know, it's difficult. It's difficult, let's make it easier, however we can do that. What is your favorite stage mishap that you have witnessed or been a part of? <laughs> Phantom of the Opera, there's a huge scene, I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, after the overture, the, when the uh, soprano comes on stage and, of course, the chandelier comes down and it, it's like it's it, the phantom has made it a mishap on stage and in uh, Germany one of what happened one night was the chandelier came down and stopped halfway oh, and no. nobody knew what to do <laughs> so <laughs> the soprano looked up and it wasn't happening the way it's supposed to be the the stage oh that was staging that was you know required and so we had to stop and uh, we, they we, they ratcheted back this mm -hmm. chandelier and uh, I got the instruction. I was conducting the orchestra, of course, and I got the instruction that we're going to start over. And we started over. But okay. it, it's always funny when something happens. It's like, you never know what to do. Right. You know, yeah. it's just, but, and especially in a musical like that, which is so particular, mm -hmm. that it's not like you could go on because right. the chandelier would be hanging there while everything else was happening. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. Genevieve de Merchant from You Will Love It Live.
Uh, I'm an independent booking agent. I have an agency in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, and I work primarily with Canadian artists in music, a little bit of theater, small-scale theater, uh, all different genres of music, so uh, world, jazz, I have a little reggae, uh, pop and rock and roots and, <laughs> and blues. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Awesome. Oh, and classical. <laughs> So why the arts? Why, why do you do what you do? Uh, I grew up uh, singing. My mom is uh, a concert pianist, uh, and so I was just surrounded by music all the time, and um, I don't know how to do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. <laughs> um, so why do you think going to conferences is important? Oh, it, the connections that we make, um, especially for me, I work by myself. A lot of time I'm sitting at my desk at home, it gets really lonely. So these conferences are such a nice way to connect with people. Phone calls are great too, but I love the face-to-face -face and you, you really, it's more interesting working with people who you know, right? Who you've connected with. Absolutely. Do you have any favorite conference moments? Maybe last night, uh, <laughs> I was watching Motown and more. They're my booth partner, neighbors, I guess. And uh, their show is, so the band is Legacy. Their show was phenomenal. And it was so fun to watch because it was a packed room and everybody was having a good time. Lots of clapping. Everybody was, you know, swinging and yeah. It yeah, fun. it's hard to get a group of people in a, in a hotel room, mm -hmm. a hotel or ballroom or even. Um, what's the best piece of business advice you can offer to colleagues new to the field? Figure out your systems early on, how you want to do things, and then be consistent about it. I think um, consistency is more important than getting it right most of the time. It makes it easier to fix later. <laughs> That's good advice. <laughs> and what's your hope for the future of the industry? Are there any changes you'd like to see in the next five or ten years? Mm -hmm. I want to see more women on stages, mm. um, festivals especially. I think that that's so important. I was just at a festival last week, and I was looking at the, the lineup and thought, okay, this is great. There are three women tonight and three men, but the men were all on the main stage and the women were all on the side stage. No, that's, we're not quite there yet. Yeah. <laughs> Making ways, but not yes. quite there. Yes. Um, what is your favorite stage mishap that you've witnessed or been a part of? Um, so I work with an artist, Anne-Marie Scheffler. She's a comedian and um, actor. And there's this one... Uh, a video, I guess, of one of her shows that I love watching over and over again because she's um, she's talking to the audience and all of a sudden somebody cat calls her from out here and, and she turns and just her timing is always so good on stage <laughs> and I love the ability to come out of character and pop back into it. So she looks over and she's like, is that you, Jack? And like the whole audience just loses it and then she's like right back into character. And, yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. This has been fun. Hi, I'm Kara Beckstein. I'm from the Renaissance Performing Arts in Mansfield, Ohio. I am the programs manager at my 1400 seat pack. Why the arts? Why do you do what you do? I was actually a performer as a child and as years passed and I became a mom, my kids started getting involved in it. I was there all the time. I just actually started picking up random jobs while I was there because I was there constantly and eventually they were like you need to be employed you need to work here 
Nice. No joke. Nice. That is how I got into it again. Perfect. Why conferences? What's one of your favorite conference moments? Because I come in and I, you know, I get to see all the new stuff. I get to find acts that are just completely different than what I do back home. And, and that's important to me. I get to take good stuff back to my audiences and they just love it. Oh, one of my favorite conference moments. This is a hard one because there's so many favorite conference moments, but, um, oh gosh. It's fine. It's sometimes you just can't think of it on the spot and that's fine. What's the best piece of business advice you can offer a new colleague just entering the field? Take your time with everything and, and just breathe because it is so much and there's so many different aspects of what we do. It's just really important to take baby steps into it and not get overwhelmed by it. That is excellent And advice. have mentors. Mentors mm -hmm. are so important. What is your hope for the future of our industry and what do you hope changes in the next five to 10 years? I feel like I am still really new and I'm still continuing to learn the industry, I feel like I can't really honestly answer that quite yet because I am so new to it. When you say you're new, how long have you been in the industry? Two years. Okay. And Two years. Came in, came and in it's right after the pandemic. So. Right after the pandemic. And I came in very blindly to this. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I knew the business, but I was completely at a different area of the business you know i Meaning i don't what? what does that mean okay so conventions oh, okay you know i mm -hmm. was doing conventions which is very different than mm -hmm. what we do here I, i'm still that's learning fine. i'm that's still fine. a newbie you don't need to know everything either that's fine yeah that's exactly yeah. like the whole baby steps thing mm -hmm. that's that's yeah well thank you Kara. i appreciate you joining us thank you so much I'm Jacob Kinderman. I am the Midwest booking agent for Opus 3 Artists in New York City. Uh, I represent Opus's um, large and fantastic roster, about 250-odd artists that range from classical to contemporary and film licenses. Um, we work with PACs all over the country. Um, they're great partners for us. We represent a lot of uh, you know really important artists like Yo-Yo Ma. We work with Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. Um, it's a great roster. I'm still a little fresh, so I'm a little starry-eyed about coming here. I'm about three months in, but I uh, love the people. I love the roster. Um, it's great. Awesome. Why the arts? Why do you do what you do? Hmm, good question. Um, I grew up in a very musical household. Both my parents, um, before I was born, my dad owned a music shop for 10 years. Uh, from the 70s to the 80s, and this is in Spokane, Washington, and uh, it was very successful. They were the number one Martin guitar salesman in Spokane for many years, and uh, nice. they, he eventually decided to have a second career and became a, um, an architect and engineer, built bridges for the Washington State Department of Transportation, but when he closed the shop, uh, they put a ad out in the paper saying, come get all your broken instruments that we tried to repair, and many people didn't come. So I grew up in this house with literally close to 100 instruments that decorate our walls, and my dad's sort of a Mary Poppins man type of musician. He plays over 10 instruments. Uh, he's really steeped in sort of the folk music world, which is big in the Northwest. Yeah. Both my parents play, and uh, so I just grew up in a household where you just 
it was expected to have an instrument in your hand and when they would bring friends over to jam i'd be 12 13 years old they'd stick the guitar in my hand and it was folk music so i had to play the same three chords for four hours <laughs> <laughs> but it turned me into a pretty good rhythm player <laughs> uh, but i i just grew up in this house and by the time i got to college i it was the only thing i wanted to do it was really the only thing i thought about and uh, ended up going to school for music got a degree in uh, guitar and voice in undergrad and went on to westminster choir college to uh, study opera and before i got into booking i was i was a full-time opera singer and uh, a few years later fell into this job and i've been booking ever since why conferences and what is your favorite conference moment i mean the obvious thing is it's just a great opportunity to see people in person you know, we're all over the country. We talk to each other. You know, Zoom's been great in the past few years, but there's there's nothing like that person-to-person -person interaction, breaking bread with people. You get a sense of people's spirit, and you know, when you can look into their eyes and see what they're passionate about in the arts, and, and figure out their interests and the incentives of their market and what they're trying to get done. And uh, I think in person is is the way to do that. So I've definitely become a conference guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is the best piece of advice that you could offer to? a new colleague just now coming into the industry. Try to be, you know, open-minded and flexible about where this career could lead you. You know, when I became a booker, I didn't even know this job existed. Mm -hmm. Like quite literally, I, I just didn't even understand what a booker was. Um, I, if you would have asked me at 15 years old, I would end up doing this. I would have looked at you like you had two heads, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, and even if you had your sights set on being a rock star, you know, when you're a teenager, that stay open, you know, look for opportunities, meet more people. Um, try to go outside of your own art form. You know, one of the things I, another one I never could have imagined learning about a lot was dance. You know, I've, ended up, I've booked a lot of dance over the years and, you know, I can't dance. I don't know anything about it. But uh, I, I love booking it. I love learning about the artists. Um, you know, legacy programs like Alvin Ailey have an incredible history and they're so important. And um, so that's been a real joy for me in the career, just learning about a lot of these art forms that were just not a part of my life growing up. And and now it's, it's given me a, a thirst for more of that. You know, I, I'm as curious as I've ever been. Yeah. I like hearing about interesting projects, new music, and uh, just staying open. What is your hope for the future of our industry, and what changes would you like to see in the next five to ten years? Well, I think one big challenge now is that, you know, in the age of YouTube and TikTok and, you know, through technology, you can really find niche audiences all over the world. We have a lot of conversations in the office about, how do these fascinating talents that are all over the planet that can reach millions of views, but how do they translate into ticket sales, live performance? If it's something that goes well for 60 seconds on a YouTube short, does that translate to a 60 minute program, you know, and sourcing new young artists? That's one thing I find myself thinking about a lot because mm -hmm. um, when it's not the days of when Yo-Yo Ma was discovered, right? It's a different world from then. Uh, and it's fascinating to hear about, there's a great manager at Opus named Matthew Oberstein who has an incredibly diverse and eclectic collection of, of artists. And he seems to be one of these people that, that cracks this code. And uh, so it's great to work with people like that who really understand it. But I think that's one of the big question marks now is how do we sort of navigate it? And if someone has a couple million views on YouTube, does that really translate into a touring career that's a great live experience? And uh, the only way we can do that is you sign people, you take the risk, you roll the dice, you mm -hmm. see what happens, you follow your own interests and passions. Um, but I think that's one of the, the big things now is it's not as concentrated as it was, say, 60s, 70s, and 80s with the community concert associations that used to be, you know, at, at a different level and, and have a, a larger presence. And so it's a different ballgame now. It's much more diverse, much more splintered. Um, and and I, don't, I don't have the answers to it. And we take it one artist at a time and just yeah. see who really connects with us. But uh, I'd, I'd say that takes up a lot of my own sort mm -hmm. of creative thinking about how to navigate that moving forward. What is your favorite stage mishap or disaster? that you have been 
a part of or witnessed? Back in my opera days, I definitely fell on my butt a few times, you know, slipping on something that was nice and embarrassing a little, but nothing nothing absolutely major. I don't think I've ever experienced a, a true disaster in yeah. myself. The one time I was I was at uh, the Met Opera and uh, one of the singers fell down the stairs and they had to start the show over. Oh man. And they brought out the cover and I remember Jonas Kaufman was the tenor. It was a production of Faust, and uh, a woman was supposed to walk up the stairs, and we saw her up here, and then she disappeared down the stairs again. And and it was Johan, uh, you know, Kaufman, all of a sudden started waving his arms, stopped the orchestra, and said, "We've got to stop the show." And they shut down for 20 minutes, came back out, the cover came out, and you know, did a really great job. But um, that that moment sticks out in my mind because oh, yeah. it was like you know, Jonas being a human being for a moment, uh-huh. and uh, really seemed like, "Oh, these are people. They're up there, you know, doing yeah. it." And, um, that that was a pretty wild experience. Probably only the second time I'd ever been to the Met oh, at man. that time. Yeah, so that that stuck with me. Yeah, yeah. awesome. <laughs> well, hey, thanks for sitting down, man. Cool, absolutely. Jamie Susiel from Togo Touring Artists and Smoke and Sled Dog Records. I'm the founding artist and senior agent at both of those places. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am primarily a booking agent for performing artists. And um, we, we go to booking conferences and place our artists in anywhere from um, performing arts centers to clubs. Um, we also do some managing, so we just continue to try to like advance the opportunities for our artists. We also have a couple of adventure outreach educator um, artists. They're artists, too, on our roster, and, and uh, we do the same with them, try to get them in community arts or any type of yellow bus series and performing arts centers and cool and so you know basically our product is art and passion and joy i love that (laughs) so why the arts why do you do what you do uh it's what i've been interested in since my earliest memories five years old sitting on the living room floor you know cutting out a cardboard um crown (laughs) and putting reynolds wrap over it to make a crown as I'm watching Cinderella, oh. but not thinking I wanted to be Cinderella. I wanted to be the actress. Oh, I see. In Cinderella. Okay. And then, of course, music in my household, very much uh, mm-hmm. a huge thing. So I started piano and uh, guitar and vocal lessons and uh, did musicals. and, and it just but I took also, off from there. Right. And I just love, I love marketing. I love sales. And so, you know, started a record label because cause I just am passionate about all genres of music. I love musicals too. And um, so it's just always where my heart has been. Why conferences? And what is your favorite conference memory? I love conference season. Like I get so excited about it and I'm, I've missed it so much too. What's my favorite conference memory? Yeah. Wow. I would say right now. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I mean, I like, you know, I remember my very first conference in the Performing Arts Center market was in 2011. I was, you know, free, free range booking before that. And it was in, in, in Indianapolis. And I love the idea of um, everybody working together, mm-hmm. the agents, the artists, the presenters, all working together toward the same goal. And um, man, I like worked that first conference like I was a politician. <laughs> I wanted to know everybody. Mm-hmm. So what's the best piece of business advice you can offer to colleagues new to the field? You need to be persistent and you need to be um, proactive. And part of that just starts with figuring out who you are and how you're going to approach the business. And just remember that we're dealing with um, humans who are mostly in the same business, like you said, Mm -hmm. for a reason. 
Um, a lot of agents and presenters have also been in the field as performers mm -hmm. um, in some capacity or the other. And I think we just have to work with respect and um, try to like just remember why we're here and yeah. all move together forward. What is your hope for the future of our industry? What changes would you like to see in the next five to ten years? I don't think we're back yet, you know. PC post-COVID mm -hmm. and people are being a little more cautious right now still because it's not over for our industry yet. Mm -hmm. In fact, I know some presenters who are just having their first season yeah. this year, yeah, uh, 2023, fall of 2023. I think just making sure that we're, we're being really um, consistent with making sure our audiences trust us. Mm -hmm. And how you do that is make sure that you're offering high caliber performances. So what is your favorite stage mishap that you have witnessed or been a part of? I was on stage with my with my duo partner, John Latini, who was very, very funny. And one time, you know, I had picked up my glass of water to take a drink in between songs. And he said something very hilariously funny, and and really I spit the water all like oh my gosh. all over me. But he and I was like I'm sorry because I would just die if somebody spit water in my face. But he that was like that was a win for him because mm -hmm. he made me laugh that hard. He oh loved gosh. it. John really was so funny. He yes. was so lovely. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for sitting down with me, Jamie Sue. You're welcome. Thanks, Katie. My name is Jason Cohen. I'm the director of the Milton and Tamar Malt Performing Arts Center at the Temple Tefereth Israel on the campus of Case Western Reserve University. Um, I run a performing arts center. Excellent. And Jason, why the arts? Uh, why do you do what you do? I got started in high school my freshman year sweeping the stage. Oh. And it's been a theater business ever since. Excellent. And what, what, what made you progress through that, like just keeping going? Like, was it just that you were hooked right at the beginning? Yes. The camaraderie, the people backstage, the people on stage, you, you all got to work together. Excellent. Why conferences? Why do you attend conferences? Uh, to meet people, to meet artists, to meet uh, collaborators. Excellent. And what is your favorite conference moment? Discovering something new. What's the best piece of business advice you can offer to your colleagues new in the field? Cover your labor costs. What is your hope for the future of our industry? Like what changes would you like to see in the next five to 10 years? Bigger audiences. What is your favorite stage mishap that you have witnessed or been a part of? I was stage managing Naked Boys singing in the West Village of Manhattan. <laughs> and the theater started backing up with raw sewage from underneath the stage and the audience. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so we had to evacuate the theater through the emergency exit while playing the floor's lava, because it wasn't lava, it was something else. <laughs> um, that was the biggest mishap of my career. Oh wow. Excellent, well Jason, thanks for stopping in. Thanks for having me. My name is Reba Caffarelli. I'm the general manager of Third Coast Percussion based in Chicago, Illinois. Um, Third Coast Percussion is a nonprofit organization. Um, we support the efforts of the Third Coast Percussion Quartet. Uh, they are a worldwide touring ensemble. They commission new work. They do a lot of educational programs and residencies. Um, and my job is to support all of those efforts. I help to run the nonprofit, and I also do all of the booking. Uh, we do booking in-house um, and manage a staff of four in addition to the four ensemble members. And we have a board of directors, and so we interact with them as well. And just uh, the goal is to get percussion ensemble music 
as far and widespread as possible. Why the arts? Why do you do what you do? I grew up in a musical family, and it's just always been in my blood. Uh, played violin from the age of three, so classical music specifically has always been my thing. Went up through the conservatory program, thought I was going to be a performer, mm -hmm. but one day I had an epiphany that I just wanted to be behind the scenes and making things possible for other artists, and that's my North Star and what I work towards every day. Excellent. Why conferences? What is your favorite conference moment? I just love coming to a conference and finding out that somebody I had a connection to years ago is here for a different reason than I ever would have expected <laughs> and reconnecting with them. That's awesome. Because um, all the different facets of my life, whether it be music school or all the different types of jobs I've had, I just keep running into wonderful people over and over again mm -hmm. at these conferences and maintaining those relationships is the best. I agree. What's the best piece of business advice you can offer a new colleague? Yeah, it's all about relationships and maintaining those and um, always having the best intentions with your colleagues um, because that's what's going to matter and going to help support the arts in the end is just having a, you know, a positive outlook and relationship with all of those around us. Nice. What's your hope for the future? Is there anything you'd like to see changed in the next five to ten years? I just hope that we all can have a positive outlook. I know sometimes it's it's a difficult thing to do when a lot of the odds are stacked against us as an industry mm -hmm. in the performing arts. And um, I would just like to see everyone have a positive mindset about <laughs> the challenges that we face and um, continue to build relationships that are built on teamwork and mutual respect. And I think that will take us all a long way. Nice, thanks for joining us, Reba. Thank you so much, Brian. Matt Travis, Chief Operating Officer, Midland Center for the Arts. I oversee uh, facilities, um, food and beverage, programming, marketing, and also IT. Why the arts? Why do you do what you do? I think the arts have an incredible ability to improve the quality of lives of others um, through participation, whatever mechanism you want to do that, whether you want to make the art yourself, whether you want to appreciate the art through attending performances, um, whether you want to produce it, I mean, it just can enhance all that we do uh, and make us better as people and make us feel better about ourselves. Why conferences and what is your favorite conference memory? I love conferences because one of my favorite things is to just ideate. Um, when I attend a lot of these meetings with agents, I never know kind of what's going to come and uh, it's hard to know what what might resonate with somebody um, when you say hey do you have any artists that are interested in X and they might say yeah they really love that idea um, let's talk more about creating something new or producing something new which I think is really exciting uh, my favorite conference memory was at APAP in 2019 um, Rockapella, the uh, acapella group of my childhood, you know, where in my childhood. Kind of San Diego. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, they were showcasing uh, for small groups in a suite in a hotel room. And so I went up to one of their performances and um, they asked if anybody had any requests. They hadn't yet sung Where in the World is Carmen San Diego. And I requested it. But my only regret is that I didn't say do it, Rockapella, which is like the catchphrase that, that kicked that, that tune off. So, and that was we, fun. You will regret that for the rest I of your life. I still do. It's almost five years. <laughs> So what's the best piece of business advice you can offer to colleagues new to the field? Know who you are and be true to it. And I know that that's kind of very broad, but I really think there's incredible power in being curious uh, and being good to other people, being kind. And I think if you 
can find those two kind of tenants within yourself and amplify them, I really think that there's incredible power in your future and your path. What is your hope for the future of our industry? What changes would you like to see in the next five to 10 years? I'd love to see spaces that are truly inclusive um, for everybody, regardless of their level of ability, uh, for their level of you know, socioeconomic background, for their race, for their gender identity. Um, spaces where everybody truly feels comfortable and welcome. And that's a delicate balance with the financial mechanism of it. You know, how do we make it accessible from a financial standpoint and how do we make it welcoming? And sometimes those two play nicely together and sometimes they don't. And so that's something that I'm, when you ask me uh, if there's one thing that I could figure out how to do when I grow up, that would be one thing that I wish I could figure out to do. Maybe not when I grow up, but like right now. Because mm -hmm. um, I think that our, our industry is kind of sitting right in that axis uh, and we got to figure it out. What is your favorite stage mishap that you have either witnessed or been a part of? <laughs> I'll share two quick stories. One was I was in a production of um, uh, A Child's Christmas, Christmas in Wales, which is about the story of Dylan Thomas growing up, uh, you know, the Welsh poet. And uh, I was playing the part of Dylan Thomas when I was eight or nine years old. And essentially, I was giving a monologue on a six-foot platform, and somebody threw up all over the stage. <laughs> the audience collectively went, ew! And, uh, you know, a poor woman, you know, a wonderful mother, because mothers are amazing people, and I continue to be inspired by my own and so, so many. Uh, like, her job was to walk out on stage and clean up the puke while we figured out how to improvise our way through the rest of the show. Um, the other was quite odd. My sister, who's an incredible performer, has been on Broadway. In high school, there's an opportunity in our region for you to direct other high school, other, other students. So I was maybe 16, my sister was like 12 or 13, uh, and it was a kid's production of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, actually, which we have coming up at our venue this year. And uh, so myself and three of my friends were the directors. Uh, this also involves somebody getting sick. Katie was playing the, the female lead, and the guy that played Ichabod Crane uh, got sick in mid-show and couldn't finish it. And so, like, everybody else in the production crew, the directors, were either, like, running spot or running sound. They all had some active job in the show. I did not. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go on stage and um, finish the show, which the this, this decision was made in a split second. And in the very first scene I walked out of there, we clearly didn't think about it. I was on stage proposing to my <laughs> sister. Uh, as like a 16-year-old and a 13-year-old, we hadn't thought about it, but in that moment, uh, there was some clever line about like, there are very strange things going on in Sleepy Hollow, and I still remember like a very different inflection and a very different meaning than the, uh, uh, you know, Washington Irving's uh, original <laughs> intent. So that, there you go. That is a wonderful story, and uh, thank you so much for sharing with us, sure. and thanks for being on There's No Vistas Like. You bet. Thank you. Audrey Johnson of Of The I Sing. I do a one-woman show on the women's suffrage movement. So I'm a classically trained opera singer, but I have cultivated a patriotic performance platform called Of The I Sing, American Heritage Through Song. It has the mission of bringing American heritage to music in an empowering and inclusive way. And I do this by going into the historical musical archives, bringing up music from the history of our nation from various historical periods, putting that together in a one-woman show and taking it on the road. Why? 
why the arts? Like, why why do you do what you do? You know, I my father swears I was uh, speaking at nine months with full sentences by <laughs> one year. So uh, <laughs> communication has always been something that uh, that has been an intrinsic part of me. Um, I've been singing since before I can remember, um, and it's always just been that that most authentic means of communication for mm. me. So uh, it's something that I, that's always just been a part of me, and, and that's what I decided to pursue. Why conferences, and what is your favorite conference moment? Sure. Well, so as a classically trained artist, the majority of my career has been on the more traditional um, operatic path. But a couple of years ago, I decided that I really wanted to take the reins in a more intentional way with what I was doing with my artistry. So I put together uh, my inaugural program on the women's suffrage movement, mm. and that took me into a different industry. Um, and so I uh, have a dear friend of mine who um, is very supportive in, in this new work that I'm doing. He knew me before when I was you know, from the, we went, we go way back, we went to school together and he said, you know, Audrey, you should really do the Max Conference because now that you are really delving into this new industry, it's going to be an amazing way for you to learn very quickly about this new industry that, that you have been operating in in an unofficial capacity. Um, and I want for you, I want you to make that official for yourself. And, and this conference is going to be the best way for you to do it. And he was right. I live in Lafayette. So just an hour and change north of here. So this was a real no brainer in terms oh of, so uh, is, yeah. is this your, your first conference? My, I'm just, a, I'm such a newbie. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so what is, I mean, I guess this is, you've got a, a short time frame. So uh -huh. what is your favorite conference moment so far? Oh my gosh. I mean, it's been a blur. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, can we, can we hit the pause button so that I can, uh, you know, um, making friends with, with some of the, the artists in the industry has mm. been such a, a beautiful thing. And we're talking total, like cross genre, yeah. you know, but, um, uh, just that, that mutual appreciation that mutual understanding of the work that we do, the passion that, that we share for mm -hmm. our various art forms. Um, it's such a validating and affirming feeling that really, I know that's going to keep that momentum going for me um, long after this conference has ended. What's the best piece of business advice you can offer to colleagues new to the field? Ladies, I know you want to wear those heels. <laughs> I know you do. Girls, bring a pair of flats to wear at night, okay? Because otherwise, it's going to be 11 o'clock at night, and you're going to be walking back from your showcase with this wagon, and you're going to say, you know what? I'm taking off my shoes, and it is going to feel better than any walk on the beach you've ever had. Don't do that to yourselves, okay? Get yourselves a little pair of black flats or something. <laughs> uh, what is your hope for the future of our industry? Like, what changes would you like to see in the next five to ten years? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, being so new to this particular segment of the performing arts industry myself, I feel that it, it's not quite really my place, I guess. <laughs> but perhaps one, one thing would be... Um, you know, streamlined practices uh, so that everyone can um, can get to the end result with a little bit more certainty, clarity, and, and efficiency mm. would be would be wonderful. Uh, one of the biggest reasons that I came to this conference was to learn what I you, I know that there are things that I. I don't know that I don't know, but yeah. that, that I know, right? <laughs> um, and part of that is because I, I feel like um, without understanding and having a clear trajectory and, and a clear process, um, it can feel so haphazard. And that can really kill that momentum because you don't, you get a feeling of, oh, I'm not really being effective. Um, and so the clearer that those things can be mm -hmm. from the very beginning for even just somebody uh, you know, that's new to the industry even, uh, that would be so mm. helpful. And it would, I think, give 
all of us more of a feeling of confidence. And everybody's been talking about it's all about relationships and yeah. it's all about trust. So for me, I feel the more transparency there can be, there, there's kind of a formulaic relationship there with if we're all kind of on the same page as much as possible, we can move forward in, in so much more of a, of a purposeful way. Just yeah. if that makes sense. No, that makes perfect, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, yeah. What is your favorite stage mishap that you have witnessed or been a part of? I was in high school and I went to see Pippin and the leading player, you know, they, he was wearing body mic and mm -hmm. it was in one of his solo numbers and the mic was, like the mic pack came undone and it was going to cause some serious problems and he just stayed in character, stayed in his attitude, he took it off, I mean in rhythm, took it off and just shot it to off stage and it was just, it, he didn't miss a beat. Mm. and. I, maybe I was sitting close enough to notice, but it, it was so inspiring to say, that's that's what you do with a mistake in theater, yeah. and that's how you handle it in life. That was handling it with grace. With the, It was just so, that was professionalism, because everything, it's not about how you handle a perfect situation, right? Yeah. It's about what do you do when things go wrong. So I, I, that's still just a crystal clear memory in my mind. So wow. thanks for yeah. reminding me of that. Uh, yeah. All right, well, Audrey, thank you for coming in, <laughs> sitting down, and having this fun with us today. Well, so. thank you. This was lovely. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Thanks for being problem. here. Thanks. Hi, I'm Fiona Nagel, booking manager with Cadenza Artists. I make uh, connections with presenters. I'm the middleman between our artists and all the theaters and venues that are out there in the world uh, and hoping to make sure that our presenters have really wonderful acts for their audiences and that our artists have really wonderful play dates uh, and fulfilling their dreams. Why the arts? Why do you do what you do? Oh, I grew up in the arts. I started dancing when I was three years old, been on stage since I was five, uh, had a full career as a classical ballet dancer. Left that, went to school, did a whole lot of other things, and then pandemic hit. Yeah. And then I came back because I knew that someday I would need to get back into the arts because that, that's my home. Why conferences and uh, what is your favorite conference moment? I think conferences are a great way to have that one-on-one -on -one FaceTime with everybody you've been talking to on the phone and by Zoom all year. Mm -hmm. And it's the, really getting to see everybody in 3D. There's nothing else that's like that. My favorite conference moment, well, this conference has been amazing. I've had a lot of fun at this one. This is my third one. I think sitting down yesterday with a presenter who started talking to me about uh, a new system he's created for with focus groups to figure out how to do programming for the next year. I got so excited about it, I told him he needs to do a TED Talk, he needs to do a PowerPoint, he needs to share this far and mm -hmm. wide because so many presenters out there are having such trouble with audiences these days and figuring out who's there, who's coming, and who's not, and what they want. What would be the best piece of business advice that you could give to a new colleague? Well, first of all, at a conference, wear good shoes. <laughs> that is a great piece of advice. <laughs> um, uh, just in general, I think having intention, like start every day with what do I want to be today? Do I want to be calm, serene, excited? What do I want to bring to the table for the people I'm talking with today? And then be that. What is your hope for the future of our industry? And what changes would you like to see within our industry in the next five to 10 years? Because I was a classical ballet dancer, I would love to see a lot more engagement with audiences around dance and ballet, of course, because that's my heart. Uh, and I, there really hasn't been as much in the last few years. Uh, 
Misty Copeland kind of, you know, put a good shot of new energy into the audience engagement, but mm-hmm. I think we need more of that. What is your favorite onstage disaster that you have either witnessed or been, a part, been around? So my personal one when I was dancing uh, was right at the very end of a, of a three-person, a trio piece. Uh, and I was just exiting the stage on, on this lovely, you know, last runoff into the wings. And something happened, and I hit the floor, <laughs> which is not the last moment you want to have, you know, at the uh-huh. end of the piece. Uh, and just managed to get myself up. And I remembered my um, mentor had said, if you're going to make a mistake on stage, make it really big. So I just got up in the most grandiose way possible and just floated off the stage. And my uh, teacher was in the wings. She says, oh, my God, I have never seen such a beautiful F up. (laughs) Awesome. Um, And I'll give you another one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yeah, last year, again, I was watching a a ballet a local nutcracker actually something happened to the music and there was no music and it cut out right in the middle of snow the snow scene and those girls kept on going perfectly in time with each other perfectly in sync kept on going and finished the entire dance that way and the whole audience was right there with them on the edge of their seats and when those girls finished standing ovation, screaming in the aisles. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you for sitting down with us. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Leslie Rodriguez, Executive Director of the Dominican University Performing Arts Center in River Forest, Illinois. So I curate the season, I market the season, I uh, write the grants for the University Arts Center, I um, bring in the rentals, and I have a staff of three that works with me. So many hats. Many hats. Excellent. And so why the arts? Why do you do what you do? I, um, when I was seven years old, I saw Fiddler on the Roof, and that was it. I was done. I love that. I was going to be an actor, and I went to college for acting, and then I decided what I really wanted to be was an arts administrator, because there's a lot of actors and not enough arts administrators, and I really enjoy creating a place for art. Why conferences? And then a follow-up to that is, what is your favorite conference moment? Conferences are the one place where I really am with my people. Mm. Right. Uh, I think so many of us are alone. We're the only person who does what we do where we do it. Uh, So when I come to the conference, I'm with people like you and all of these other colleagues who've become friends, um, including the agents and the artists. And it's a community that I don't have in my everyday um, to the same extent. I mean, I have my team and they're wonderful, but this is a much bigger family. Uh, So that's why conferences. My favorite conference moment. I I would have to think about that, honestly. What's the best piece of business advice you can offer to colleagues new to the field? Talk to everyone. Yes. Right? Just, and and be bold. Yeah. Um, 
walk up to people you don't know and say, hi, who are you? This is who I am. Uh, the elevator conferences or conversations are so much fun because <laughs> you see people with your, the same badge and you're like, hey, who are you? Why are you here? And uh, I've met so many people that way and ask questions. Yeah. Everybody will answer them. That's what I learned. No, but there's no secrets. Everybody will talk about what they do because we're all so happy to be together. Uh, so what is your hope for the future of our industry? So like what kind of changes would you like to see happen? Well, I'd certainly like to see the audiences come back. You know, I think we're all struggling right now. Mm -hmm. So, but I think it's a reset and I think we'll find new ways of doing things. We'll, it's a moment to step back mm -hmm. and say, well, how do I do it differently? Or what do I do that's new? We're looking at sort of scrapping our programming model and starting over. Like, well, we'll go back to the beginning of the life cycle and we'll look at some youth and family programming that we really haven't done, but I think that's maybe where our audience is mm. now. So I'm hoping that we thrive, but we find some new energy yes. in a way to do that. Yes, now's the time. What is your favorite stage mishap that you have witnessed or been a part of? <laughs> okay, um, some people know this story. When I was uh, 18 years old, I was an exchange student living in France. And I was in a show that was sort of a variety show, right, for all the after-school arts programs. During the, sec the curtain call of the final show, the table that I was dancing on with one other person fell over, crashed to the ground. I broke both of my arms. Oh, my gosh. I was in the hospital for a week. <laughs> but I remember laying on the floor thinking, what was that noise? <laughs> and then realizing it was me. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then there's many stories that come after yeah. that. Oh. But, yeah, that was a biggie. <laughs> That's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. All right, Leslie, that is it. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. <laughs> Alright everyone, thanks for listening to There's No Business Like. Our producers and hosts are Brian Zelmer, Josh Benson, Kevin Maynard, Katie Miller, and me, Danielle Vanho. Views expressed in this podcast are ours alone and are not reflective of the organizations we are a part of. Keep up with us at nobusinesslike.com. There you'll find links to all of our episodes and socials. If you like this podcast, give us a like, a follow, a review, or our favorite, a five-star rating. Oh, wait, what was that site? <laughs> I got it. Don't worry. It is nobusinesslike.com. Do I sound out bus ness every time I type it? Yep, sure do. Stay in touch, my friends. Um, did I do four just now? Yes, sorry. <laughs> it's, we should mention it's the end of the conference, so we're all a little it bit is. fried. We are fried, yes. <laughs>